Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and we are here live at Conquest SAC in Sacramento with my very good friend who's recently been on the show and will probably, well, you might not be on the show after this episode, but thank you, Aldo Giazzi, for joining me. <laughs> thank you again. All right. So, and by the way. Yeah. Happy birthday. Woo! Today is Aldo's birthday. We're having a great time and enjoying ourselves. Okay. So what am I doing at a convention? What are you doing at a convention? Having a great time. <laughs> you are having a great time. We're here at Conquest SAC, and uh, I wanted to talk because um, recently you've been coming, getting a lot of criticism. Ooh, for what? You have. You've been getting a lot of criticism because um, your stance a little bit on this whole Gloomhaven thing. Okay. So Gloomhaven's doing fantastic on Kickstarter oh, yeah. right now. Fantastic, yeah. right? It's going yeah. crazy. Yeah. But there's some people a little bit unhappy with what's happened on, on Gloomhaven. Well, let's clarify first. You say that um, I've been criticized. Really? Oh, I just picked, I just picked I, you because no, no, you're no, sitting no, in front no. of me. No, I want to say in general because I speak a lot based off of what the retailers and distributors you know, put forth right. to you say to me. Sometimes so, and I can, represent them. Yeah, so, you can represent them. So that's the world I, I live in on a daily basis. So, um, but the problem is overall, no matter what, is that Gloomhaven is such under a deep microscope right now that anything it does in a good or a bad way is magnified tenfold, you know? Right. I mean... No, so let's talk about a little yeah. bit about what's going on. Because if you look at it, I think it's got 17,000, 18,000 backers. Mm-hmm. It's a mil- over a million and a half yeah, dollars. It's over, yeah, over a million and a half right now. Yeah, and so it's it's going crazy out yeah. there. And so who can... I mean, this is a success story. This is exciting. This Correct. So why would... It, seem, it might seem obvious to some. It didn't seem obvious to me until you explained it to me. Why would <laughs> retailers and the distribution... Not be happy with what's happening right now. Well, because the $140 MSRP game is up on Kickstarter for $99. Okay. So, so, so there, everybody's like, why, why do you discount? Other, you know, others don't. And the reality is, is most do. Okay, so when you say most do, what are we most talking about? Most discount the game on Kickstarter. That was the point. You know, and I get that. You know, don't think that I'm oblivious to what the point of Kickstarter is, is that for these people to put their money forward early, get a discount, get that advantage, whatever. But people like Cool Mini or not, even my pri- my friend Eric Price at Japanime, he's like, no, well, we do it at MSRP, but we just give stretch goals to people. So Bonuses. <clears throat> bonuses, extra- things like that. But for the most part, smaller publishers, no offense to anybody, they're still giving discounts. And actually, I mean, I don't mean to, you know, poke at, um, you know, uh, specifically at Jamie, but Jamie Stegmeier's scythe was $80, discounted to 60 but he's selling scythe still continuously through so distribution. So that's, that's an interesting one. And, and nobody's complaining about those no. gigantic amount of sales on scythe continuously, which is, of course, the long tail, as we like to say. And that's interesting. Jamie had uh, $1.8 million. Mm-hmm. He had 17,000 backers. Something like that. He yeah. discounted the game, as you just said, mm-hmm. 25%. 25%. And how did retails re- retail respond to that one? Well, people, I mean, the same pattern is they were upset at the beginning for the discount. They wanted to take advantage of scythe, get on, you know, get on it but because 17,000 copies yeah. of an $80 game look that's a lot everybody who wanted it has bought it wow. on Kickstarter I mean that's the theory is that everybody has bought Gloomhaven you know for it but um, a but, lot of people say that it's that still say that alpha gamers are the only ones that are buying on Kickstarter and that's what's diminishing sales in retail things like that but but I can give you dozens of examples of clients alone that we work with that discount games on Kickstarter 
and you'd be surprised as to how much we continuously sell through distribution of these games. And, th- and so that's what really what we're talking about is that... And we're it, not there yet. We don't know the answer. To we're not at the, at the aftermath of Scythe, you know, with Gloomhaven. Everybody's with the what if, what's going to happen. Right, so what we do know with Scythe is that if you want to buy Scythe in the store right now... It's hard to get still, but... It's hard to get because it sells out. Yeah, so I have a what people would consider a second-tier game distributor in the United States. That's what you do. Well, I sell to distributors, okay. and one of the distributors told me that they try to order 5,000 copies of Scythe whenever they can. And they're not, this is a, they're, they're not a top three game distributor in the United States. They're a good distributor, but like for them to want 5,000 copies, for them to want like 50 copies of a game is crazy, but you know, or 500, but they, they want 5,000. And so, it's hard for them. So, so Scythe, Norm, Scythe has the long tail. So we could look at Scythe originally and thought we had an anomaly, an outlier, something that, because it's a great-looking game, it's yep. a great game, people have enjoyed it. And then along comes Gloomhaven, and suddenly we have, it appears, the same thing ha- happening all over again. But $140, who's going to buy, you asked me this question, who's going to buy? I said that to you. Like, yes. who are these people that are going to buy the $140 game after? The because we can understand people who's buying the $99 game. Well, hold on. But that's the, that's the argument that retailers and distributors say is that by putting $99 on in the Kickstarter, you've given the perception to consumers that it's only worth $99. It's not worth $140. But anyway, if you look at that game... Oh, I'm, I'm going to open my... That's your morning Coke. Morning Coca-Cola. <laughs> so, morning Coca-Cola. So... If you compare the contents of Gloomhaven to other hundred-something-dollar games, it, sh- it should even be $150 in the grand scheme of things. So the retailers and distributors are like, well, if it's a $140 game, why is it not being sold to consumers for $140? And, and, again, and what's go, the answer? And what's well, the we answer? go back to that Kickstarter conversation that back, so some backers are there backers to, get, are there. A, to yeah. get a benefit. But you feed the community, right? Know, you feed the backers. It becomes a community. And there's community. And I try to tell people more and more that the, the, the gap, the gorge, has grown so much between Kickstarter, the correlation between Kickstarter and distribution. Everybody thinks huge Kickstarter means huge distribution or crappy Kickstarter means crappy distribution. It's not the case anymore. There's really so little, I don't know, correlation, ratio, equal ratio anymore. I've seen so many games that do like 300 backers on Kickstarter and... We continue to sell thousands per year of the game. Really? Yeah. It just keeps going. There's no correlation anymore. Sure, of course, in some extreme instances, like Gloomhaven, we're hoping million, you know, dollars or seventeen thousand backers, whatever it is, is going to translate to a ton more marketing and sales. Is part of the challenge that we're facing is that the board game industry for so long was locked into a a mindset of how many copies of a game you sold, how many retail outlets were out there, how many customers were really out there. And so I can remember, um, I think I I can't remember who I talked to, um, Rio Grande, I think. Mm -hmm. I think they were talking about, you know, they print 2,500 copies, right? Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's how much they print the game. That was years ago, though. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a mentality, though, of, look, it's 2,500 copies. That's how many you're going to sell over the life of a game, and that's a good run. Sure. Are we, are we? Are we starting to say, no, now it's 5,000, and now well, it's 7,500? Yeah. I used to tell people, if you were a brand new publisher, that sometimes, like, we would sell 300 to 600 of your game, so we don't send me more than 600, you know, because that's going to be it nine times out of ten. Uh, that number is definitely now, I'm telling people, 800, 1,000, 1,200 to start, to cover, to... So we're seeing that number. I, I'm seeing it, but, um, I mean, that's overall thanks to... 
whatever millions of fac- other factors that are out there that our marketplace has grown. I mean, the whole word renaissance, we hear it all the time. We're in a renaissance in the game industry, and we are. But I, we called it a tsunami. Right. It's a tsunami. And it's coming. So it's and it's yeah. it's wiping away maybe the old way that things used to be. Maybe. I feel like an old man now. Like <laughs> I said, back when I started, like, uh, we did it this way. Right. You know, and I get all the 20-something guys going, uh, you know, we're doing it this way. And we're doing this. And di- dynamic. And we're incorporating this. And I'm like, that's great. Well, and now, also, when we started, that Kickstarter was seen as kind of the outlier. Now people go to Kickstarter to find their games aren't they isn't that where a lot of people now are going just to well I think it's kind of weird I, I mean I, I'm not bashing my wife but it's kind of like you know my wife would be like you know oh will you always do this I'm like don't say always and I say the same thing about Kickstarter that's like saying everyone goes to Kickstarter now everyone who doesn't go to Kickstarter right now. that's a valid point so uh, people go to Amazon people still go to their game store they people do. still order a game find a used copy at a convention like we saw last night at the flea market people go oh i always wanted x game but i you know for whatever it's reason 50, I it's 50 percent off now sure i'll try it for that you know right. whatever so <clears throat> it, it, so is the so there's that is the price point changing it used to be I, I mean i'm old enough right we're old i can remember when i was paying 12.50 for a board game yeah. and i remember when it went to 25 dollars and it was like, holy cow, I'm going to pay $25 for Avalon Hill Squad Leader. Oh, my gosh. That's and then, crazy. Right? That's crazy. And but then, that's p- comparable to when you were 18 years old and not making a right. lot of money. And then the and games crept up to 40 and yeah. 50 And then we had, you know, mm-hmm. Scythe, we just mentioned, yeah. 80 And then there was, uh, I, I was just well, talking about. There's Kingdom Death Monster on Kickstarter, which has done phenomenal. And it's outrageous. I mean, it's, it's a large price. Right. And so now we've got a $140 game. Yeah. With Glo- is Gloomhaven a $140 game? Yes. If you actually, James Matthew and I from Minion Games, we own. Always, we, we got together and and did this little piece where you how to price your game. Okay. And we put numbers associated to the components and the pieces and the parts. I helped him out with it. He mostly did it. But we talked about it. And I always tell my clients this. They go, how much should I price my game for? And I go, well, you have two decks of cards. You have, you know, two sheets of plastic components. You've got an oversized board, which gets you $5 more. You know, and we did that. And if you look at the contents of Gloomhaven and start counting the, the custom miniatures and the cards and all this other stuff. It's more than $140. Okay. It really is if, if you start doing it. And uh, I, I, I think that the bar has hugely been raised by Kickstarter to, for games to be this huge quality, which, of course, as you raise the quality and you raise the intensity that's in these games, costs So are goods. people willing to spend – so that's a great question because now we have this quality – because cool mini or not, mm-hmm. right? You back a project there, you're gonna they're gonna back the truck up to your house to unload all the minis that come in these games. Look at Rising Sun, how right. much it has done out there. Do people really think that nobody else is gonna be buying Rising Sun? No, of course there's gonna be a long tail that they're gonna sell more. You know, not everybody bought Rising Sun, but of course the argument is Rising Sun is sold for full MSRP to these backers and they get a whole bunch of bonuses for free as part of it. But anyway, the point is, Kickstarter is not the be-all, the end-all in the entire marketplace anymore. It's not. And, and, the, and so would, now we come back to the retailers and the and the distributors. Are they just... Are we dealing with seller... And this is... i got to be asked this question. I guess you've got to answer this carefully, more careful than I ask it. And that is, do we have sour grapes going on here? Do, do we see a, uh, an emotional reaction to... Um, Hey, I wanted this game. It was back ordered, and now all of my back orders are going to go away because they're just mm-hmm. going to go to Kickstarter yep. and they're going to get. Uh, that, that, that is the response. The distributors and the retailers are like, "Well, great, Aldo. 
you you're putting forth as the rep into distribution this game for 140 dollars, and you you want my game store to sell it to a consumer for 140 plus tax no shipping you right. know but you know how can i fight with the 99 dollars on the kickstarter well the way you fight is the people who didn't do the kickstarter who didn't join? But there's going to be twenty thousand people. Who's left? That's what they're <laughs> who's, saying. Who's left? Right. There are a couple of games where, I, where I've sold ten thousand copies of that game a year for a decade. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so trust me. There's there's well, more they, than twenty thousand. Maybe those ten thousand people lost their copy and they needed a new one. Well, exactly. Oh. Or you know, people said, "I'm going to let my friend pay the ninety nine dollars." And put his money out front six months in advance or three months or a year, whatever. And I'm going to play X game. And now I'll pay 140 because I like it so much. I'm willing to pay that premium for that wait time and for that demo time. Because, look, we're, we're the game industry. It's so much about demos right now. You, you, I mean, I, So in some ways, this 17,000, 20,000 backers are seeding the market for all of those people now who maybe would not have seen the game, would not have taken a risk on the game, and now they get to play it. I, I, wish, more, I, I wish more people looked at it that way as a marketing bit, but it's really hard when, you, when you're when you a store. When you look at 20,000 When you're backers. a store and you're looking at, quote, unquote, all those lost sales, because that's the viewpoint is now, that the retailers go? But you and I have been on. Look the at shows. those seventeen thousand right. lost, and sales. we've been on the show so many times that we've looked at when that, they were saying that when it was four hundred copies. Correct. That right. Those are the alpha gamers. Four hundred alpha gamers. That's it for the game worldwide. Because remember, I told you ninety percent of the games that we represent sell three hundred to six hundred copies for the life. And so, if you saw four hundred backers on there, you'd be like, "Okay, that That's was the life. That was the life." Yeah, Except yeah, yeah. something has changed. Something. The dynamic. Well, our marketplace again has grown significantly. The, the joy of playing games has been found by more people, things like that. Yeah, and, so. and, and part of that, Exploding Kittens, Cards Against Humanity, and so many things have done that. Yeah. All right. So, okay, so Gloomhaven, in your estimate, mm-hmm. if I'm a retailer, <laughs> do I order it? How many copies do I order? Is this thing going to do well? What do well, you think? I, I, everybody's decision is all over the map right now. It's, well, it's two. It's really two, two categories. Uh, I shouldn't say all over the map. I have, they're, all, they're all, of course, grumpy about the situation, definitely, because we just don't know what's going to happen. So we're all waiting until the Kickstarter ends to see how retailers are going to react. But I do have, like, one gigantic major distributor whose answer is, look, Aldo, whatever we get for pre-orders, we're going to only order 10% more. We're going to take it really conservative and just assume that the Kickstarter has... Saturated the market. Almost saturated the market. We'll wait for the reprint. You know, we'll order more later, blah, blah, blah. And then I have, uh, you know, a couple other distributors that are like, <laughs> like, all of this game is this, ge- this game is it. I want to follow the wave and we're going to do pre-orders. And then how many more can I order beyond that? I'm like, well, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> you know, right. you know um, people have posted saying that, like, Isaac from Cephal Affair is going to guarantee the copies to retailers. Guarantee is a tough word, but um, that's kind of what is being thrown out there is that Isaac and I got together to say, yes, Isaac, will you be able to print what people want? And he goes, yes, we will print what they want. Minimum. Now, hey, that brings up something because I, I think that was misinterpreted because I saw somebody out there saying that it's a pr- it's going to be a print on demand. Well, but that, I mean, you can't print on, on demand. demand. What does that mean? But I think, I, I think they meant the words print, print to demand. I think it's print to demand. 
like like again, remember that distributor I said only wanted ten percent more. Right. There will be distributors that let's say order a thousand but only have maybe five hundred on pre order because they are gonna say, Well, we want inventory afterwards for other stores that didn't want to take the risk. Take the risk. Got Things it. like that. So that brings up a question then of how do you print to demand with a game like this? Um, well, we're doing a pre-pay, half prepay program up front. It was quite a bold move, but because of the price of the game and how expensive it was to add all these extra copies, it does cost a lot of money. Everybody thinks it's just because, this is my personal opinion, Isaac's got $1.5 million that he has $1.5 million. He, does he doesn't have $1.5 million. very big, and I had him on the show, and we talked about how he got bit by a lot of things, like, like, like come on. shipping. Yeah, yeah, right? shipping bit him in the butt in the first time. You know, hardcore. And Gloomhaven's going to bite me in the butt for storage. Like, nobody realizes it's 36 games per pallet. 36 copies of Gloomhaven come per pallet. So give everybody a perspective. How much normally comes on a pallet? A pallet is three and a half by four and a half feet and usually no, no, stacked it. five to six feet tall. So and you can get... How many? A standard game. Red Dragon Inn is like 200 games per pallet. Red Dragon Inn is, you know, is whatever. That's 10 by 10 inch game. Whatever. You, usually most games are anywhere from 100 to... 200 to 300 if it's a, a per pallet per pallet this is 36 giant games per pallet because they're so heavy they're so big that's gonna be a lot of pallets in the warehouse so wow all right well, yeah this- so there's a there's a giant and think of all the distributors that are getting gloomhaven and are eating the shipping to their retailers on a 20 pound game the right. game's going to probably be 21 or 22 pounds and he and said he- that there was a there's that there's that magic number between 20 and 21 pounds when it comes to shipping is it goes into a whole other category. Oh, maybe. Yeah, he'll know the individual nuance yeah. of that. I, I, I deal in bulk and pallet shipping. <laughs> and, you know, 36. Like, oh, my God, I'm shipping only 36 units to somebody on one pallet. That is so financially uneconomical in my eyes. I'm thinking oh my of, gosh. of the freight rates, you know, for it. So if I'm a retailer, I'm listening to this, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking those jerks, they're just they're, – they're just, Blowing. That, that Aldo is just yeah, blowing Aldo. whatever. Um, What's my answer to them? Their answer is, as we wrap up here, is... My answer is, they're a game store owner, and it is their store, and it is their business to make whatever decision they want. Whether they think that this is nuts and don't want to support it, I fully back them on it. Or if they say, you know what, this Gloomhaven has done something, and I'm going to back this horse because I think it's done all these dynamic things to change and influence this industry, they'll back it appropriately. Or they say, I'm just going to order to what people want. If people want two, I'm only going to bring two in. I'm not going to bring a third. Things like that. Again, it's their choice, and the market will tell us at the end of this thing, and it'll become another story months from now as an example of what has happened and transpired in our industry over the years. Aldo, thank you for joining me. Well, thanks for all the time again. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Aldo Giazzi. We've been live here at Conquest SAC in Sacramento. It is Aldo's birthday, and so we appreciate him taking some time from the... F- there have been hordes of fans flocking to him to wish him a happy birthday. You've been listening to the show. Hopefully you found something interesting and inspiring. I know I always do, but partic- particularly when I have the chance to talk to Aldo. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>